0: This is the visit the zoo podcast episode number 33 today we hear about deadly snakes Hello everybody and welcome again to the Visit the Zoo podcast. I am your host, Frederick Fishman, and I am the author of the 120 Animal 12 Book Visit the Zoo series on Kindle books, in print, audio, DVD, and this podcast. And I want to welcome you all for joining me here on this episode. My voice is a little scratchy today, so I do apologize. I'm just getting over a cold, but I hope that you'll bear with me. It is episode number 33, and I hope that you can check out our brand new and fully updated website, Zoo Animals, that's plural, zooanimals.info, zooanimals.info. There you'll find links to everything Visit the Zoo, plus all the episodes, this episode, as well as all the others that we've put together for you. And also, you may want to check out my author website. It is my official author website where I've got all of my fiction and nonfiction books listed. And that is at Frederick Fishman, F-I-C-H-M-A-N, frederickfishman.com. And finally, if you want to help support us and with our expenses that keep growing all the time, we, we hope that you will visit our site at Patreon, and that's at www patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash visit the zoo that's patreon.com slash visit the zoo okay let's get started was just listening to my voice in the headphones and it really is rough and I, I again i do apologize but we'll just soldier on here and do the best we can this is uh, our segment our first segment of zoo news and i've got three short stories today for you and the first one is uh from the hague and this is about a group of tourists that had an unsettling experience at a dutch wildlife park when they got out of their car and several cheetahs chased them back inside of the vehicle. A video widely aired on Dutch media and on YouTube, by the way, I must add, showed a group of four adults, one of them carrying a young child, rushing back to a car at the Bexie Bergen Park. At least three cheetahs moved toward them, the park's general manager, Niles De Wilt, told local broadcaster. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, that the visitors made a lucky escape. But what possessed them is a mystery to me. I guess what possessed them to leave their vehicle with three cheetahs nearby. DeWilt says that the park has clear warnings in several languages advising visitors not to get out of their cars while driving through animal enclosures. No kidding. All right, and this next story comes from Mexico City. And the title of the story is Hippo Roaming Loose for Months in Ponds. Authorities say that they are worried about a hippopotamus that is roaming loose in a swampy area of southern Mexico. Nobody knows where the animal came from, but hippos are not native to the country. The hippos appear to have been living in a pair of ponds near Las Chopas, Veracruz. The three-year-old, 1,320-pound hippo was first spotted by local media near a garbage dump in January. Residents of the town have come to love the animal so much they have nicknamed it Tyson. And finally, this is a story from St. Louis, Missouri. And it's about eight cheetah cubs born at the St. Louis Zoo. A cheetah named Bingwa at the St. Louis Zoo is a proud mother eight times over. The zoo said Wednesday that the four-year-old cheetah gave birth on November the 26th to eight cubs, three male and five female. It's the largest litter of cheetah cubs ever delivered at the zoo. The average litter size is three to four cubs. The Association of Zoos and Aquariums has documented 430 litters said that this is the first time a cheetah mom has given birth and reared on her own a litter of eight cubs at a zoo. And that is today's Zoo News. All right, I'm going to play for you now our three animal sounds for today. And let me start with the first one and see if you can guess what this is. I'm going to play that again because it was a little hard to hear. And here is our next animal sound. Finally, here is our last animal sound, a mystery animal sound for this episode. I had a feeling if you live in a city, any major city, you probably know what that animal is. But those are our three mystery animal sounds. We'll find out what they are and a little bit about them later on in this episode. We're going to wrap up our series of animals that are probably the deadliest snakes on the planet, and this is the third segment uh, where I do a live read, which I will do again today, and describing a little bit about these snakes. and Some of them you may have heard, and some of them I know you probably never heard of, depending upon, of course, where you are listening to this podcast in the world. But let's start with this first deadly snake. First of all, the king brown snake. King brown snakes are large, growing up to 10 feet long. Their venom is relatively weak, but they deliver a large quantity of it. They can transmit nearly 600 milligrams through a bite. Left untreated, this much venom can easily overwhelm a human, leading to 30 to 40 percent of those victims dying. This snake species is found in deserts, grasslands, woodlands, and scrub areas throughout Australia, except for Victoria and Tasmania. Now, this next snake, we're going off ground and into the ocean for description of the sea snake. Deadly snake plus extremely toxic venom equals the sea snake. Sea snakes are noticeably more toxic than their land-bound cousins. These snakes found in the Indo-Pacific region are not aggressive, but will attack when caught in fishing nets. Their venom can paralyze and even cause respiratory paralysis. Here's a strange sounding name for a snake. It's called the Boom Slang. The Boom Slang is a large-eyed emerald green species found in sub-Saharan Africa. When biting, the snake opens its jaws almost 180 degrees and injects a highly concentrated venom through fangs at the back of of its jawbone. This snake is a silent killer. The venom symptoms may not show up until a number of hours after the bite, leading many victims to think they're fine and not seek medical treatment. That turns out to be a deadly mistake. The Eastern Brown Snake. Where can you find the second most venomous snake on Earth? In Australia, of course. When hiking in rural areas along the east coast of Australia, step carefully. This snake's venom is highly neurotoxic and coagulates the blood its bite can cause loss of consciousness renal failure paralysis and heart attack this nasty cocktail of neurotoxin is why the eastern brown snake is responsible for a whopping 60 percent of snake bite deaths on that continent and that's on australia the coastal taipan have you ever heard of the old joke that every animal in australia is poisonous and trying to kill you. The coastal or common taipan is part of the reason why this snake lives in northeastern Australia and New Guinea. Its venom is such a potent neurotoxin that it kills as soon as half an hour after the bite is delivered unless treated immediately. That's the coastal taipan. Here's one you may have heard of, the African Puff Adder. What snake is responsible for the most snake bite fatalities in Africa? The black mamba may get a bad rap, but it's actually this golden brown snake that takes the crown. This highly aggressive species blends in with its dry surroundings. When prey or unwitting human comes near, it leverages its body and strikes with exceptional speed and force. The gabon viper. These strongly built and heavy viper adults can reach up to 19 pounds despite being just five and a half feet long. They live in... Rainforests and savannas in sub-Saharan Africa. When ready to bite, it reveals two-inch-long fangs that can penetrate and inject venom deeply into prey. It's not especially aggressive, but it will bite humans when cornered or stepped on. And finally, let's go to this last one. May not be the best for uh, for last, but this is the sharp-nosed pit viper. This species of Southeast Asian viper may have birthed in legend of a hundred pace poison. Its extremely potent hemotoxic venom leads to devastating hemorrhaging, ulcers, and tissue necrosis. Old legends from that area say a victim can only walk a hundred paces before dying of the bite. In some areas, that number drops to a very pessimistic 50 paces. An anti-venom has been developed, but can the bite victim get to the medicine within a hundred steps? I doubt it. Well, those are our deadly snakes and that wraps up this segment of animal description i hope i didn't give you nightmares i would say be very careful when you walk around australia okay let's go back to our animals now let me see if you can guess what these animals are i'll read a little bit about them as well let me play the first sound for you Is the lizard, or a lizard, because there's over 6,000 species of lizard across all continents except Antarctica. They range from very small, very tiny, only a few centimeters in length, to over 16 feet long for the large Komodo dragon, which weighs in at 366 pounds, by the way. That's 16 feet long. Some are legless, these lizards, and some walk or run from side to side. Some are territorial, they defend their space. Most are carnivorous, eating insects or small mammals for the bigger lizards, of course. Their weapons, camouflage, some are venomous, and some even renew their tails if their tails fall off or are chopped off. And some of these lizards are very helpful to animals, and I learned something about the Gila monster, which is found around in this area here in southern Arizona. The Gila monster has some venomous traits in it that scientists and doctors have found can be synthesized to treat diabetes, and the saliva has been studied as treatment for Alzheimer's disease, so that is the lizard. okay let's go to our next animal sound) <laughs> That is the lowland gorilla, and it could be the subject of a one single podcast because there's so much to talk about, but the lowland gorillas, they live in, in dense, deep forests of Africa in countries like Angola, Cameroon. Congo, Central African Republic. They are the smallest of the subspecies of the gorillas, but they are still powerful nonetheless. The hair in the back of the males turns gray with age, and they are called silverbacks. Erect, they stand about 5 feet 11 inches tall, and they can weigh up to 600 pounds. They have tremendous strength. Their habitat has a range of about 20 miles, and they use tools like sticks to fish out food and check depth of water. They are very smart and at the Gorilla Foundation in Woodside, California one gorilla, Coco, has been taught sign language vocabulary of over 1,000 words. They eat plants, shoots, fruits, and they are fascinating distant relatives of man. Their population now is estimated across the globe at 125,000. And of course, they are threatened because of loss of habitat. Let's go to our final and our third animal sound. Well, that's the sound of a dove. Or a pigeon. They belong to the same species. There's 310 species of pigeons and doves. They are stout-bodied birds. They have short necks and they have very small bills. They are the most common bird found around the world, and they are found everywhere except the driest part of the Sahara Desert in Africa. They have a long history with humans. They have religious significance and they're kept as pets. They interact with humans in cities around the world. They eat seeds, fruits, and plants. And those are our three mystery animal sounds for today. This is our our next segment, our block number seven in my podcast rundown where I read a poem or I give you some quotes about animals. I believe I I read this before in a much earlier podcast, but I like it so much I really want to read it again. This is a poem written by Corey Stricker. It was published in 2008. The poem is called Animal. I was born one day to the sunny sky. The light was quite a surprise. My mother fed me and kept me warm while I was small in size. I had a brother close to my age to play with every day. A feeling of fun, I learned, made me happy in every way. The days went on and I got older. Winter rose before my eyes. I felt cold and numb at night, waiting for the sun to rise. I was running through the field one day, I fell and hurt my toe. A feeling of pain and discomfort I found. Tears began to flow. Days went on and I've healed and gotten better. Came the season of happy days and sunny weather. I don't understand. I know I can't speak. But this is all true. I cry and hurt and play and love. I have feelings just like you. We've come to the end of our podcast, uh, number 33 today, and I want to thank you very much for again joining me and hope you'll join me again next week when we have another visit the zoo podcast, where we talk about more animals and everything. Visit the zoo. I hope that you will please subscribe, rate, and review, especially on iTunes. But we are on 10 plus podcast directories that we're listed in. Again, please subscribe, rate, and review. And be sure to check out our podcast website that's just been updated, and that is at zooanimals, plural. That's zooanimals.com info my main author website is at frederickfishman.com, and that's spelled f-i-c-h-m-a-n com where you can check out and get links to any of the 118 books in fiction and non-fiction that i've written and i also hope that you can please support everything we do here at visit the zoo by going to patreon.com slash visit the zoo it's spelled p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash visit the zoo. I hope you had fun today and listening to our podcast. I apologize again for this scratchy voice, but I should be better next week. Take care. Have a great week. Bye for now.